Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> Hi there, good evening and welcome to your Sunday night edition of This Cybrox, your Sunday podcast that welcomes you to another week in the world of, of Rangers. My name's Scott Patterson. If you're joining us across Twitter or Facebook or indeed our YouTube channel, we appreciate your time as always this Sunday evening. Um, and joining me on the pod tonight, two of our seasoned people, JB Down the World joins us tonight. Hi, Jamie, how are you? Very well. Good. Looking forward to talking about a Rangers win, which is always good. So, yeah, all good. <laughs> and... And Kyle's back again after his post-match reaction from Fab Park yesterday. Hi, buddy. How are you? I'm not too bad, Scott. How's yourself? Yeah, it's not bad. Mothering Sunday, which can be um, well. Listen, mothering. If you if you've been out today for a for a mothering Sunday in whatever sort of fashion, I hope you've enjoyed it. it can be a different day for many people. So if you've had a a, a decent day today, I, I do hope you've had the opportunity to go out and. Um, enjoy it. If not, then I hope you've enjoyed your Sunday nonetheless. Listen, tonight we speak about a victory in, in Lanarkshire. I want to do a little bit about the banners um, that we've got seen with a, a bit of, of regularity now. I want to do a little bit about um, the, the ticket allocation that came out on Friday evening about the, the post of what seems to be, I think it's yet to be confirmed by the clubs actually, but what seems to be no away allocation at Celtic Park or Ibrox in the last two remaining um, old firm games of the season in the league. We can go to Hamden 50-50, but we can't have the safety and security compromised um, at Celtic Park, I think is really what the problem is. So we'll come to that a little bit later tonight as well. Um, listen, what I do want to speak about, and, and JB, I'll come to you in the first instance on this. Um, the big headline from, from yesterday, from a team selection perspective, was Red Van Yilmaz coming in for... Um, for a start at life back so long after his last start. I think his last start was about five months ago in the, the game against Aberdeen at Ibrox. Fared really well yesterday, I felt. Yeah, I thought he started. He looked a bit nervy to start with, which is fully understandable given the amount of time that the, the young lads had. 
I think sometimes as football fans, I think we just take things for granted that players will just come in. If you're a good footballer, you'll just slip in and be able to play. But sometimes you've got to take the human element in the fact that he's a really young lad come all the way from Turkey. Um, I haven't heard him do any English interviews. So again, probably just getting thrown into the thrown into yeah. the midst of Glasgow um, with the expectation that's, yeah. that's around him. But I think because he warmed into the game, um, I thought he started to look good. A few wayward crosses, but... Um, I think you can see in the glimpses what he's going to give us. He's going to give us plenty of energy. Um, obviously, real good balance with the left foot. And, um, yeah, just looking forward to see who he's going to link up with. Uh, he definitely loves a forward pass, uh, unlike the son of the moth. So, it's um, it's good. <laughs> and, and, Kyle, on the son of the moth, of course, I can congratulations in the first instance go to um, Mr and Mr Barisic. But now that Redvan is fit and, and free to play, it makes that left-back situation a bit more interesting I think because we for as long as Redvan was was injured albeit Borna was in good form he was always going to start Barisic which I think everyone largely agrees with however um, now that Redvan's fit Borna's going to come back there's real competition for that left back role all of a sudden yeah totally agree with you there Scott I mean I've been banging on since the start of the season that I think there is an argument to be had that that Borna Barisic has has been our most consistent player of the the season in terms of putting in those sort of six, seven, eight out of tens every week. Um, I don't think it's a coincidence that he had, arguably, he's one of the few positions that actually has some real competition, some real quality coming through in it. Um, they've both got different strengths, different qualities, which which I like um, when you've got two players for, for the same position. Um, I think something that's that was gone unnoticed yesterday, having watched a bit of the game back yesterday, was actually Ridvan's covering. Um, there was a challenge that he had... Um, not long after after we scored our first goal, I think there was a really really good intercepting challenge that just cut out the ball. I think Bill would, or the coaching team, and maybe that'd be something they were working on. The fact that Motherwell had had, had two up top, um, but yeah, I, he was okay yesterday. He was rusty, but you could see the the potential that that Redfan will go. But yeah, it's it's really interesting. I think that the, 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 the my last Wednesday pod I was on, <laughs> I was almost trying to sell Borna Barisic saying we should cash in on him, but. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's really good to have you know two players that seem to be very good in, in that position competing with each other, and Redvan can only get better, I I think. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's as I say in the first instance, I think it's really it's good to have that competition because I think Bournemouth has indeed became used to having that role as his own, which is fair enough. Because I say if you're playing well enough, then you should play. That should always be the way, Rangers, as far as I'm concerned. Goal number one of the afternoon, of course, yesterday came for the home side. Um, a little bit of debate over offside, whether VAR was working, whether it wasn't, whether the lines at Firth Park were right, whether the the camera calibration JB was correct or not. I think the glaring thing that jumps out at me, again, is that we, we lose a goal with a ball going right across um, in between our sort of two centre-halves and a goalkeeper. Yeah, it's, it's that same old story, isn't it? And that that low cross in between the centre halves. It's um, almost took me back to uh, shades of Frankfurt in the final. Um, you know, like it's always the case of how many ta- how many times we're going to see this story. Um, even against them a couple of weeks ago, a Hamden. That's all they look for is that ball in between the last defender and the goalkeeper. So surely to God, at some point we're just going to gamble. I mean, if they pull it back, if you get you get done by a, a pullback. It's a much more difficult finish to try and find the goal. I think Sholak had a similar opportunity where it was pulled back to him and he, he kind of snatched at it in the first half. 
But if we can try and cut that pass across, um, it's it's just got to be seen. But just back on, just jumping back to Yilmaz, because I'm conscious that came over on his side as the long ball. I thought he dealt with a couple of really good high balls as well. Um, but one of the things I was a wee bit, well, I think we were all a wee bit worried about was that direct ball from um, in terms of going against this height. Uh, but he won three or four good headers, or if he doesn't win them, he almost puts the player off. Uh, but jumping back to the goal, yeah, um, just the sixes and sevens again in terms of you've got to close down the first pass. That's, for me, I think that's where you need that work. Rate. That's why I think it's criminal when you've got your Jack and Munster in there. That's what they're in there for, is to stop that type of ball being pinged ping through, especially if you if it's already past the front three line. So, no, disappointing start, but uh, how many times have we said that this season now? So, same old yeah. story. I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, I, you know, I think we've said it on this Sunday pod before, and I know Kyle will say the post-match before the... And it's one thing that will come to you on, Kyle, that, that this sort of slow, stodgy start, we cannot seem to get out of that I love to say fashion, but it is that we can't seem to to sort of buck that trend of not starting that great in games. Yeah, I feel like that's a conversation that we've been having even since I joined the pod a couple of years ago was <laughs> under under Gerard's tenure. Was it was just I've no idea what it is with, with some of these players. Um, there was a stat that I had on yesterday's pod and that Reese gave it. I can't remember it quite often. It was either twenty one or twenty five. Um, times out of the last 47 games that Rangers have played, they've conceded first, which is outrageous. And then and Kieran said something else. Um, I think we are joint top um, in the top 10 leagues in, in Europe for having come um, uh, from uh, losing positions to getting three points, which is is impressive, I suppose, if you look at it, but it's not good for <laughs> for, for most Rangers um, supporters' hearts, to be honest with you. Um just, I, I, I don't know what the answer is to something like that. Um, you know, maybe we'll come on to it a wee bit later. Where the players possibly affected by the banners? I'm sure that we will discuss that later. But I, I, I don't know. It, it's I, I, the rocket that comes at half time. Maybe needs to come at the, at the start of the game. Um, maybe that's what it is. But yeah, it's something that they need to work on. Maybe going to a back three. <laughs> Oh no, I was trying to avoid that chat tonight to be perfectly honest with you, but I can see it's going there eventually, you know what I mean? Um, listen, our first goal in the afternoon came from, um, a, typically, a James Tavernier free kick. 90, what was it, his 98th goal for the club yesterday, so he's two off of um, that magical ton, which for a right back, JB, is, listen, we all know how incredible that is. Um, very, very interesting to... to um, see Lundstrom start yesterday. I think obviously because Raskin was away, Jack obviously wasn't quite there. Um, but for him to get filled and then and then Tav to step up and, and really tuck the, the free kick away really well was was really impressive and it got us back into the game at quite a critical time as well. Yeah, funny enough, yesterday morning I was actually watching highlights back of Motherwell Rangers from the last couple of seasons and I think he's done that now in the last couple of times. Uh, there was a volley on the bat on the end of a bassy cross uh, a couple of seasons ago, coming in from the right hand side. So he definitely, obviously, likes playing there. But yeah, back to that, back to that point about the first goal. It was just on the back foot. But one thing about this Rangers team, obviously, it's been forced on us. Is you can tell you just it's almost if we can switch it off and on like a tap in terms of right, yeah. we're going to suffocate you now. Um, but again, back to the frustrating element of it. As soon as we scored that goal, 
as you, you touched on there, fantastic strike. Uh, how he's found the bottom corner from just outside the box. The technique's unbelievable to hit it that flat. Um, but yeah, he's. Um, I mean, his numbers speak for themselves, don't they? Um, all right, he's not going to run round with a, a, a um, his head split open like a Richard Goff or a Terry Butcher. Do you know what I mean? He's not yeah. that type of player. But in terms of big moments when we've needed him, um, he, he steps up. Do you know what I mean? One thing about him for all. His faults, even yesterday, there was a few wayward crosses. He's there for the next one. He's, he doesn't hide. Um, so, no, uh, ever so thankful he was there yesterday. And as we touched on the numbers, so there's nearly 100 goals from a fullback. It's, it's, it just looks unbelievable. Um, if that was an attacking midfielder, you'd be happy. Um, yeah. Or even if you go back through some of the years, he, he's up there with some of our strikers in terms of the goals he scored. Yeah. So, uh, no, fair play to him. He's, uh, he's done the business again. And JB, I'm, I'm going to stay with you because you mentioned Richard Goff and, and um, Terry Butcher. They're both, of course, champion centre-halves as far as I'm concerned and both real Rangers captains from, from our era because we are of a, a similar vintage, yeah. although you may not want to admit it. Um, but why, do you, in, in comparison to those two guys, I mean, you say that Tav isn't the sort of guy that's going to run about with a, a sort of bloodied head or a skint knee almost, whereas you know that Goff and Butcher absolutely would. And I, I almost think that because of that is maybe one of the reasons that, that Tav does get that stick because he's not deemed to be as much of a tough Rangers man captain as um as, as what those two guys were. Yeah, and I think to be honest, it's probably it's probably throughout world football now that you haven't got them type of players. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you just you just wouldn't get it. You just they're just not there. The whole characters, it's probably beaten out them, beat beaten out them in the academies. Um, I can't even I can't even think of one of the last players that you've got you, who's even played for Rangers, even coming through the divisions. You could probably count on one hand who you go their captain material. Even if you yeah. go through this playing squad now, uh, there's plenty of good players. There's plenty that you know give a hundred percent. But how many of them actually sit there as a as a captain, uh, a stick out captain? Um, I say you're probably going back to Barry Ferguson for me. That's probably yeah. the last one where you kind of nail you, nail yourself and go, yeah, that's a Rangers captain. So I think in terms of what we're looking for in the future, I don't think I don't think we're ever going to see another one, to be honest, in terms of going back 20, 30 years. But I think that's the same for all clubs. Um if you look at if you even if you look down south, I mean Van Dyke for Liverpool and Seamus Coleman for Everton. I'm just using them. Obviously, they're the two local ones to me. Bruno Fernandes for Manchester United. Would you say Bruno Fernandes was a Manchester United captain? <laughs> I mean, it's um these players just don't exist anymore. Um so it's almost the case. I think we've just we kind of got to just we've got to move with it. I mean, Tav hasn't helped himself a couple of times in the press, um, in terms of stuff that he said, in terms of the mentality piece, yeah. um, and obviously Goldson as well. But I think the Rangers support are very quick. If, if as soon as there's, there's an opportunity to have a go at someone, uh, we're all over it like a rash, uh, yeah. including myself at times. I openly admit, but it's uh, it's only because the expectation's so high, isn't it? Yeah, no, listen, you're absolutely right. And I think that, you know, the prospect of, of James Tavernier potentially getting his 100th goal um, between now and the end of the season, I think, is is quite an exciting prospect. And I hope that it does happen this season. And I hope he gets enormous plaudits for it, regardless of, of whether he's, he's your favourite or not. Kyle, you're bursting to say something there. I can see. I was going to say, is there any game in particular that you hope that he gets <laughs> Listen, let's be brutally honest. It would be it would be really nice for him to get that one hundredth in any one of the, the three upcoming games against Celtic. 
if it was in any of them, it would be it would be it would be a nice touch. Um, it would be a nice touch of the refs to, to sort out a penalty in one of those games, which they do anyway, <laughs> of course. Um, so listen, we came out at um, we, we were in father at um, half time, one each. Um, I, I have to say that the, the first half was pretty grim. I know we had the, the sort of two goals. Motherwell done nothing after scoring. I didn't think we done um, a huge amount after equalising, to be perfectly honest with you. And you can't help but think, Kyle, they got a bit of roasting at, at halftime from Michael Beale and the, the coaching staff in, in the changing room. And they came out in the second half. Lots of more urgency. Um, Cantwell on the ball a lot more probably playing deeper than what we've used to been seeing him, I think, sort of dropping in and, and getting the ball and pinging the ball left, right and centre. Really impressive with him yesterday, which we'll come to. Sakala puts us 2-1 up, and at first I thought, that's a really, really good header. And I've, I've, I've watched that a couple of times since, and I'm not convinced it is at all. You just, you just can't pay him a compliment, can you not? You just can't bring it in yourself to, to do it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there, you know. The most frustrating part about this goal for me was is why didn't we start the first half like this? Yeah, like, absolutely. I mean, this on the front foot. Um, I mean, I know what we've talked about about Tab already, but for me, thought, I mean, free kick was brilliant, but 46 minutes to really put your first decent cross in um, against Motherwell, a bit disappointing that way, but it was the first good cross out into the box. I know that there's a comment and that there was a few of um, uh, Ridvans are a wee bit wayward. He was just getting his eye in, but find, finds the ball. But Sakala's there, like, you can... Uh, this is the eternal argument that, that that we will be having on this network for from now until the time that Sakala's here. I think I'm personally at a place where I'm just accepting that at some games, he's going to be utter naff. He's not going to do anything for us. But, but the numbers speak for themselves. That's 14 games in the league. Six goals, six assists. He's got the highest goal contributions out of anybody since since Beals come in, and it's something that Beals managed to get out of him what what GVB couldn't, and 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 get him into positions where he's scoring. It, it, just his presence, him being in there, was enough. Uh, I've heard both sides of the, the the argument. I've heard you know people say like you, Scott, saying that it was a bit of a fluke. He was just. He was just there and it just sort of hit off the back of his head. Um, and I've heard other people saying, you know, he's spun up and he's, you know, sort of meant the sort of side flick on header. I don't care. It's, it was a goal and he was there to score it. And I'm, I'm just as, as rubbish as he was in that first half. I, I'm happy that he's he's got his sixth goal under Michael Beale. Do you know, Kyle, it almost strikes me as being one of these ones. If he makes a clean connection with it, he puts it over the bar. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was like yeah. that. I don't, I don't know if you'll come on to that Cholak chance uh, later on in the game, but it was like that. It was even if he did find Sakala, I'm not convinced he was scoring for there. So I think that says everything you need to know about him. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I, I've said before on the pod, it's it's great to see him score because he he really lightens the mood. I think particularly if it's a an equaliser or one, he just put us maybe in a bit of space against an opposition. So it's always good to see him score. However, everyone, if you're a follower of the, the podcast on Sunday night, you'll know where I stand on, on, on fashion Sakala. And, and I don't want to get into that tonight. Definitely don't. Um, JB, we'll come to Todd Campbell in a second. Rangers, of course, it, it went to, to two each and we conceded an absolutely shocking goal. Um, defensively, Tav leaves it for Cholak. Cholak leaves it for Tav. And I think they both expect McGregor to come and gather it. It's just a a cluster F-U-C-K of defensive errors. 
um, and it brings them right back into the game, doesn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. It's probably doing Sunday league football a disservice. It was. It was that yeah, shambolic. Uh, you just needed somebody. You just needed somebody to get a grip of the situation. I mean, for me, for me, I'd like to have seen McGregor come out a little bit as soon as that ball's in the air and dropping. And you can see you need someone who can use their hands to be all over it. Do you know what I mean? And to come out and make themselves big. Uh, but if you could name three, you could probably name four or five players that were all at fault. It was a cheap corner to give away from memory. Um, was it? I can't remember who it was now, but it was definitely a cheap corner to give away on the side. And then the once the crosses come in, Sholak's got an opportunity to deal with it. Goldson's got a deal, a chance to deal with it. Tavernier had a chance to deal with it, and the, the goalkeeper had a chance to deal with it. So, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was. It wasn't the finest moment, but um, it kind of summed up the highlights of the game: the between the ball getting stuck underneath a TV gantry and um, <laughs> and a, a snappy goal. Um, yeah, you, ju- you were just waiting for a dog or something to run on, but um, yeah, it was um, again, like I said earlier, we, we just switched that, that tap on and away we go again. And it was almost a case of blitzing them, just jumping back to the the goal as well. The Carlo one, yeah, I agree with the, the fortunate header, you might want to call it that. But we had five men in the box, and I know for anyone who, like in the, in the WhatsApp group or anyone who follows me on Twitter. I'm always looking for stats for how many times our players get into the opposition box. We had five in there. Now, it's common sense to say if you put a half-decent ball in and you've got five men, it's going to hit one of them. Do you know what I mean? So, um, it was, yeah, that was refreshing to see. But, yeah, the equalising goals was an absolute shambles. And I think I did jinx it because I think I called the uh, Mugabe a yard dog when he came on as a sub uh, in the WhatsApp group. And then two minutes later, um, you he always seems to do something against us. He either gets sent off yeah. or he scores, or yeah. he just seems he's one of them players that just seems to appear. But um, yeah, frustrating was was an understatement. Listen, either way, I think two um, two goals conceded away from Ibrox that defensively are a bit of a shambles. And Ben seven double nine one jumps in and says they're conceding far too many goals. That's obviously a problem that needs addressed in the summer. I think with um, changes between the sticks, which I think everyone naturally expects to happen in the summer. Um, but I think there's maybe some also there's also some issues back there that we'll need addressed in between the end of May and the the beginning of next season at the start of August, end of July. Um, Kyle, I want to speak a little bit about Todd Cantwell. I think when Cantwell came in, a lot of people expected him to play this really far up advanced role, almost a ten. I think in the last couple of games we've seen him play that a little bit deeper, or certainly show a willingness to drop in and and take the ball and progress from maybe in his own half almost in some cases. Yesterday, he'd done it perfectly. Motherwell didn't know where to pick him up, who to go with him. And because his movement's so clever, he gave them a lot of problems yesterday. Best player in the park um, by quite a distance. A, a great, great bit of business by, dare I say, um, Ross Wilson and Michael Beal in January. Sorry. Well, yes, yes you're, a, you're a great man there, Scott. But... Um, uh, but yeah, I totally agree with what what you said about about Cantwell there. I think he was a resounding three for three in the the, the man of the match um, yeah. in the post match pod yesterday, which doesn't happen very often. Now I can say that. But yeah, just his his awareness was was really really just something um, that I, I don't want to say didn't expect from him, but just to actually see it, um, there was quite a few good passes. I think I posted one in the the group chat last night um, where he just 
you know, ball the touch the control and then he just pung it right across to, to Tav and sort of half volley. That's that's what I was expecting him to do when he came in. When the lineup was was announced yesterday, an hour before the game, I was maybe expecting us to have sort of a Jack sitting a bit deeper, um, Lundstrom in front of him, and then um, you know, sort of Cantwell and, and, and Kent supporting the, the, the forwards. But as you said, he, he seemed to be playing a lot deeper. I was getting a bit frustrated that he was coming so deep um, yeah. sometimes, but you can see why he was there. Without without having Raskin in the team yesterday, it was obviously his task to get the ball, move it forward. I mean, I, I know I'll talk about it, but that the pass into the one where Cholak had an absolute duffer was, oh, what a what a pass that was. Um, but yeah, he just kept things moving yesterday, kept things ticking over, and he really, really, really speeds the, the play up. Um, and for next season, we should be building the team around, for me, Cantwell, Tillman and, and Raskin. That's the three that we need to build uh, the, 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 the team for next season. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think there's any doubt that... Um, Raskin and Cantwell have been really, really good since they came in. Cantwell, I think, as you say, three and three is that from from Man of the Match awards, which was um, yeah, I, I, it's been a long time since I think we've seen that as a support for a, a player to come in and hit the ground running in that sort of manner. To the fact that he's he's getting three. And don't forget, in, in each of these three games, he's he's only scored his first goal at the weekend there, so it, yeah. it gives you a, it gives you a, a, a sort of pointer towards um, how well he's playing. Listen, he did put a wonderful ball. JB through to Antonio Cholak, who, listen, you have to say, has a bit of a Harry Forrester moment. He has to square it, doesn't he? Yeah, I know. I think all the names have been popping up, haven't they? For Harry Forrester, Diallo, away at Dundee United last season, uh, yeah. Albert, Traban Bosson. That's how deep it's gone. Um, I mean, yeah. I did see a few overreactions on Twitter. I've seen one person said the worst thing he's ever seen from a Rangers player. <laughs> Come on. I'll watch it, but um, yeah, it was it was just one of them moments, wasn't it? Where he's obviously tried to give the keeper the eyes, and then by the time he's gone to strike the ball, the ball's half a yard in front of where he's gone to hit it. I would like to have seen him passing that to Sakala, who probably was offside. But it was it it would just it would just we could have relaxed a little bit earlier, couldn't we? Um, but the, the again back to the ball through from Campbell. I think Kyle touched on it. Um, it's fantastic. Uh, I think the lad. He, He's just going to get back each week. Um, I find it quite interesting when he went to Bournemouth on loan. He played, he played this for Bournemouth, um, which obviously I you'd think, again, from the highlights, you'd go, oh, I don't, I don't know if he could do that with the long, I think the long blonde hair does kind of kid a few people. Uh, but he's got a hell of an engine on him. And I say, we're, only, we're, seeing, we're seeing him now after a few a good few months out. So if we can get him, if get him fully fit, we might we mightn't see the best them until after pre-season um, but yeah definitely enjoy watching them and next season I want to see him I think put on it there certainly domestically you want him next to Raskin I don't think we need a Jack Lundstrom Kamara type um, home domestically because you just know he's he's got quality he can beat a man on the halfway line he'll put his foot in if he needs to put his foot in um, and next season I'll be looking for probably going to be looking for double figures from goals and assist wise so the more of them type of players we can get in the team, the better. Yeah. Kelly, he gets his, he obviously gets his first goal yesterday for us, Campbell, and, and absolutely delighted to get it. I think, you know, I think he saw that moment almost as a, as a bit of an answer to to some criticism I think he had from down south in the first instance. So when he came on, I, I think people maybe questioned his his work rate and his desire to to come up to Scotland and, and 
mm-hmm. playing this league up here. Um, but you could see that that really meant a lot to him getting that goal yesterday. Oh, 100%. As you said before, you just... You love it when when players score goals and the, and you can see what it means to them and it was just the the jump over the board and then the the sort of basketball three points confirmed um, a, a wee bit cocky but as long as they can as long as they can back it up um, I'm all I'm all for stuff like that I know I know the the celebration wasn't um, to everybody's taste last night but I, I absolutely love stuff like that but yeah in, in terms of it I mean I've been so impressed with with his attitude and and, and that goal for me it was it was a really really good finish um obviously i think it was tav had a pop at it i'm sure cholak had a pop at it as well yeah. um was a great ball in from sakala i have to say to, to find the bodies in the box um but w- when you can see when when the ball arrives at um cantwell's feet he's not he's not snatching at it he's just it was so clever how to get he knew that that was the only area to to find the, the goal right. in the sort of top right and he yeah. just got enough Left on it just to lift it over the Motherwell players, and, and it was a really, really good finish. And yeah, I'm just really, really happy with him, um, with how he's come into this this team. I mean, we've had guys like this, and I mean, I saw a comment there saying I've not really had anybody, can't think of anybody in the past that that, that, that plays like him, but I, I mean, I don't know, I would maybe bracket this in, in the same sort of Aaron Ramsey type signing. I know he's not on loan and stuff like that, but. I thought he was maybe going to come in with a with a bit of an ego and and you know he was quite brash in, in the first sort of press conferences and, and I was on record yesterday saying about the I was like what what is he talking about when he's talking about assisting the assisters and that is all I able to bloody see is I would love to see that stat how many passes he's actually had into the people who have then assisted onto the goal. It just shows you I mean what's that? nine games or something even if that that he's played so far and he's just he looks like he's been here for 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 a couple of seasons and it's the biggest compliment i can pay him yeah i mean i, th- I think both him and raskin will, will change the way that we play moving forward whether that is a, a back three or a back four i think whatever we do moving forward in the summer a lot of that is going to be driven around um Nico Raskin and Todd Cantwell. We have, we've not got to the Tillman discussion yet, which will come very shortly. Um, and I, I also don't want to go near the Ross Wilson discussion now, just because we will come to that. Um, ben seven nine nine one jumps on again to see Raskin and Cantwell do and did look the business. We agree with that. It's great to finally see progress in our transfer window. I should have saved that for the Ross Wilson chat because I think it's quite <laughs> obvious um, where we take that discussion. JB, we got a fourth of the afternoon. Um, and it's two subs that come on, they combine really quickly after coming on, we have to say. Um, Morelos and, and Tillman, I, I should, I, I don't know if we should quote Ross Chalmers when we, we speak about Tillman playing as the nine, because, you know, it, it's cool to refer to guys as playing as numbers now. So um, <laughs> Tillman apparently came on and played in the nine position. We have to say that um, he and Morelos did play a little bit advanced. Looks really good together, I thought. And Morelos does really well to lay up an assist for Tillman in the finish. Um, is really really impressive, isn't it? Yeah, no, yeah, to be fair though, I think if I played next to Malik Tillman, oh, good, he's uh, <laughs> everything to touch, he's just he just screams, he just screams quality, doesn't he? Everything he just seems to, he just has that swagger where he can just his first touch is always immaculate, and then it was good to see him just putting his lunches through one. Obviously, he's picked the spot, what's with it with such, such power, but. 
in terms of the subs coming on, yeah, you could see Alfie kind of came on with a little bit of a I'll show you type of attitude, I thought, um, yeah, in the right way. Because uh, normally, come, not normally for Cobb on, normally the people or throw an elbow or try and kick someone off the ball or something stupid. But he looked as if he was quite focused yesterday. Uh, a couple of a couple of really good chances that went, went away. But normally, he's taking a swing at that ball and uh, he's picked Tillman out off the edge of the box and great again without harping on um, men in the box um, it's so important when you're playing against these type of teams if you can get them pinned back and the type of quality we've got in and around the box and the more goal scorers you've got in the team uh, the more chance that we've got of, um, of, of putting the, the jobbers to bed so it's um, no, all for the subs, as, as you know. I'm always get the subs on as soon as we uh, go one, uh, one of the massive finalizers in the squad. So, yeah, good to see the goals going in. Kyle, last Tillman's second goal at, at Fur Park this season. Again, I mean, it, it was it was the the finish. A, a, a guy that looks like he's played striker for a long, long time. Do you know what I mean? High in the roof of the net. Liam Kelly's got no chance whatsoever. A great finish, and at that point. It really gives us two goals for a breathing space and almost some time to just chill out up until the ninetieth minute. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I'm on record. I think I think you know, especially Scott, how much I absolutely love Malik Tillman. Um, I just I, I've seen a lot of the comments in, on social media, you know, people still debating whether or not he's worth the five million. I know there's a few factors in that. Does he want to come? Will Bayern let him go type thing? But I'd be throwing that money uh, at Bayern Munich at the moment because he can he can only get better. The thing for me about that goal yesterday, I mean, the finish was brilliant, but see, see that first touch, the touch from just his right foot, just to open it up. And as soon yeah. as you knew that that was going, I mean, I wasn't expecting him to ping it like that, but... I was like, oh, that first touch, and then, oh, the goal's going in. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was really, really good to see. Um, obviously, I can't. Was the red, was the red card before or after that? I actually, can't. I mean, there's me did the post match yesterday, and I can't actually remember when the red card was. I think the red card was before that. Sla- um, Slattery, it was, wasn't it? They got sent off. Slattery, yeah. Right. I mean, that's maybe a point I'd quite like to bring up as well. Was. At, Something that that I'm glad that Cantwell's brought into his game. I mean, I'm I'm on record saying that I thought it was harsh the the red card, but I am glad that we have got players in the team now indulging in a wee bit of the dark arts. You know, just giving us that. I mean, if he goes, Cantwell must know he's in a yellow card. Um, I know I've, I'm sure we've heard the the sort of pundits on it saying that it was soft, but but a letter of the law he has touched his face, he touched his head, and he, and he's gone down. So, um, but yeah, as you said, when once Tillman scored that goal, it was it was easy street for for Rangers. It'll be interesting to see because I actually thought Morelos played really really well in, in the sort of half hour that he came on and yeah. and you know Cholak the, the Hibs game and the game before that I thought he was really good but against Wraith and against yesterday it certainly wasn't his best performance. I don't know, you know, again there's a debate to be had to, you know, was does he play well in that sort of split split strikers um role? Um but yeah it'll be dead interesting against the next game against Dundee United because if if what Beale has said in his press conference is that if you play uh, well, you will you will retain the jersey, and for me, Morelos was better than than, than Cholak in, in the half hour in that game. So Morelos should be starting up front the next game. But yeah, I'll I'll throw that one in there and quietly back off, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, I'll appear out the hedge and then disappear again like Homer. No, play, play. That's it. Um, 
I'll stick with you, Kyle, on something. Because, and this is this is probably the the biggest sort of hot topic of the moment is the um, is the banners that the, the players see as they come out. Do you think it affects the team when they come out and see these guys with uh, um, uh, Stuart Robertson and, and Ross Wilson's sort of image and all, all blazoned along these these banners and the, the away support? Do you think it affects a mindset, if you like, for these players, or do you think they kind of block it out at the end of the zone at that point? Uh, it's, it's a difficult one to, to answer. Some players it might affect, and some players no. I mean, I, they are professional footballers at the end of the day. Um, I, I don't, for what it's worth, if I was going out in that field, I don't think I would be particularly bored about something that, yes, it's something that you've got to sort of stand up and, and take notice of it. I mean, for, what I will say about the whole thing is I think the fans do have a right to, to protest. Um, obviously, things were a bit ugly last week at, at, at the Wraith game, um, but it's, yes, yeah, it's, it's fair enough if, if they think that Wilson and and Robertson are the are the guys that, that need to change. Then, then they have they have every right to do so. Um, how long this will continue for, I don't know. Will it have a meaningful, impactful change? Honestly, I don't know as well. I I don't think it will at this moment in time. Um, but yeah, I think we are going to see this from now until until the end of the season, pretty much. But I mean, I will say that the the club can't ban anything else going into to the stadium because I fully believe okay some of the stuff I, I don't necessarily agree with but I fully believe that these the union bears and, and everybody that's getting involved in the protest has has a right to do that and I don't really care if the board like it or not that we are paying fans we pay our money um and and that's how we get our messages across to you at these games because we don't hear from them anywhere else I mean John Bennett had that interview what was that four five months ago now talking about there's got to be better communication and there's been nothing absolutely nothing since then from any board member came out i know this is ibrooks had a, a shameless plug here scott for our um interview with, with rangers investor stuart gibson yeah. I, that to me is the only thing from anywhere he's not a board member but it's the it's the only thing from from the club and at that it was it was fan media that pursued that um and to get some sort of message out um it's we need to hear from these guys um ross wilson you know it's a lot of the ire's been directed at him because you know, he takes all the plaudits when we signed Aaron Ramsey. I'm sure everybody can remember that. That we, um, the, 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 I mean, it did make me laugh. The we sneaky head in the background of the Aaron Ramsey shot and and a, and a few other players. He's been he's been all over it. And then as soon as it goes wrong, you just you can't. There's nothing from him. Like you just don't hear anything from him. And, and we've we've got to. The communication's got to be better. You've got to take the, the rough with the smooth. We do it as fans. We watch the team on the pitch. We we support them through highs and lows. And we it would be nice just to hear what these guys think. It's actually nice to know what Ross Wilson does at the club because Bill was very, in the post-match interview, I'm, I'm sure both of you have listened to it, was said it's not just him. There's there's a load of other people that are involved in the decision-making of the, the players coming in. But as I said, he takes a lot of the plaudits um for it so uh, that's why it's been directed at him but yeah these guys can can protest for for as long as as, as they wish to as far as i'm concerned gb interesting on kyle referring to the um ross wilson role 
Do you think us as supporters understand exactly what he does? No, I'm being perfectly honest, and there's a very good reason for that, and it's because no one. Um, I'd like to think if that was me in my role, and I was in that position, obviously. I think the last time we heard from Ross Wilson was at the AGM. And again, I can't remember. It was a stupid question that was posed, but it's almost a case of it would be good if he could take form with Rangers TV. Uh, if he could just come on there and just explain, even if he come on there and explain the successes whilst he's been in role. Um, I know some Rangers fans, no matter what he says, but there, there has been some good stuff done behind, behind round the back in terms of, and again, we I appreciate we want success right now. But if you look at obviously some of the youth signings that we've been making, it appears that we're taking the best of Scottish football from all the other clubs, um, the best from Motherwell, the best from Hibs in recent in the, over the last twelve months. So there's obviously good work being done there, and obviously the sale of Arebo and Bassi in terms of the revenue that came in there. So if he comes out and kind of explains a little bit more about his role, takes us round Murray Park. I mean. And or Ochenhawi, Rangers Tain Centre, whatever you want to call it. But it's almost a case of if we could kind of get to know Ross Wilson the person a little bit, it might take a wee bit of the heat off. It feels a little bit like the referees not explaining the decisions type of conversation. Sometimes referees make a decision and you go, What the hell has he seen? But I bet yeah. if the referee had an opportunity to kind of say, and I'm not saying after every single game, every single instance, because it would get farcical, but if they could explain playing the decision sometimes you kind of go oh right I see where you're going now um, and you get it um, but no I mean back to the, what Kyle said there about the protests 100% agree I think the fans have got to have a voice as long as we're not crossing the line um, in terms of our approach I mean there's a certain fan group on um, Twitter taking photographs of police officers and posting it do you know what I mean as long as we're not getting into that category where we're the, the protests and the it just it, it just it gets embarrassing. Then I'm I'm all for it. Uh, just got to make sure that we're not crossing that line. And anything we're doing is respectful. At the end of the day, that that's that's what we're all about. Uh, we found um, um, shark barriers around and stuff when things aren't going our way. It's all trying to do this controlled manner. Uh, I think in terms of the ones groups. Conduct themselves on um, over the weekend was bang on. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't. It wasn't over the top. There was no aggression, but it was there. And there was a great platform with the game being on Sky as well. So, yeah. But as I say, back to just back in terms of Ross Wilson, he, he, he's far too silent. So uh, he's going to continue to get this until either he goes or he speaks. So it's. I can't see it ending well the way things are going at the moment. But as you said, everyone seems to talk really highly of him. But whether that's because that's the person who's recruited them. Um, I'd be interested to see what Antonio Conte would say about him if he uh, had chance, given his comments <laughs> over over the weekend. Um, so, RFC 72 jumps in, and, and I think that's a great point, to be honest with you. I really do. Um, I think it's already gone too far with the fans and Ross Wilson. No matter what he does now, um, everyone will still want him out. So, regardless of what he comes out and says now, and, and for what it's worth, I think that maybe Rangers TV segment of Ross Wilson sort of stripping his role back and saying, you know what I mean, this is what we do, this is how we select, without going into detail, but this is how we select a player, this is our scouting network, you know what I mean? We don't just jump onto Football Manager and go into the search engine and type in our criteria and we come up with Abby Matondo, for example. But it's, 
that part of things I think is important because I do think that there's a, a, a large element in sport that maybe don't properly understand what the role of the sporting director is at the football club. And I think that there's a, a real disconnect there, which clearly comes from, and I think Kyle, you refer to that sort of lack of communication, which I fully agree with. I, I think that um, it will mean between now and the end of the season, you know, we're at, we're at a time when we're talking about um, pre-contracts being signed, for people to come in, contracts not being signed for people to stay. You look at Kent and Morelos, are these guys staying? Are we going to let these guys leave for hee haw? Um, particularly when we had um, Morelos a couple of years ago and we were talking about upwards of 14, 15, 16 million pounds. Are we going to lose him for nothing? Looks like it. Um, so there's, there is communication things that I think we, we just need to be that little bit smarter on, which you need to hope will will come and you know I, I certainly hope it does. Jamie, I want to stick with you because on Friday evening, and um, for anyone that doesn't know, um JB is the the looker after of the World Rangers Supporters Club down south. Um he's the he's the main man. He he runs the show down there. Um on Friday afternoon of course it became apparent that there would be no away support um allowed into Celtic Park for the um second last league old firm game of the season. And no Celtic fans will come to our place, um, assuming late April, May time, I would imagine. Um, from a supporters club um, angle, let us know how that sort of allocation of tickets work for you in the first instance, if it was working in the normal way. How will it make things more difficult for you if you are not getting to bring the bells up here um, in April? I think it, it's probably quite difficult to try and to try and comment on. Certainly, over the last few years, um, it's been you t- you're looking at ones and twos, if that. Even your gold member clubs. So, for those that aren't aware, the the, the way the tickets are allocated depends on what category your club is based on season holders. So, obviously, if you're in the A the A top group, then you've obviously got a bigger allocation than the, maybe the group that's in maybe the F category or the E category, whatever it might. Be. So, it was. You're scratching around anyway. I think the tickets would disappear from a supporters group perspective. Uh, they would never break it down to a club of our size. We've got, I say, a dozen seasons holders, but maybe 17 members. Um, so it's almost the case that we wouldn't necessarily see them. But if I think, if we go back to years gone by, there was always a chance that you, your supporters club, probably regardless of your slight size, would always get one. Has just been sliced throughout the years? It's non-existent. Uh, in terms of the numbers that we you would get, um, but I, I think in terms of the way that this first the decision that's been, I think it's it just it's just not a great look for Scottish football. Full. Um, I mean, I've got my own opinion in terms of the way that the the club was done and Celtic fans in terms of filling the stadium. Even Motherwell yesterday behind the opposition goal was embarrassing. I always think as a there was a guy yesterday in the pub I was watching it and I wasn't in the club yesterday. I was in Liverpool City Centre and I was like watching it and I had a ranger and he says to me, how come like the stands aren't full and uh, but there's only, you've only got one stand full? And I'm like, yeah, that's the ranger's end. So you think people are tuning <laughs> in to watch this and seeing it. So, But when it comes to the old firm, you want to see the different, you want to see the two teams. Uh, my opinion on it, I know you haven't asked, but my opinion in terms of the allocation should be like a European allocation. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. want them getting behind the full stand. Uh, I think that is too much of a... It does give them an advantage, whether we like it or not. 
Uh, but in terms of the giving them like the bigger corner, I think would be the way to go. I appreciate that would move a few season tickets about, but um, it wasn't too long ago the family stand was getting taken over by them completely. So, um, but in terms of the allocation, I do feel for your, your big supporters club. So, like I've got really good friends in the Glaswegian supporters club, who's one of the top the top clubs in in Europe from a Rangers uh, supporting perspective. They take coaches to every game, uh, and I know for a fact that they'll be looking at single digits in terms of tickets they would have got previously. So to completely slam the door, even on these guys, you're going to have guys in that in that population uh, out with COVID, haven't missed games for years. Do you know what I mean? These guys get into behind closed doors games and all sorts and um, whatever it might be. I remember when we played into Milan away, there was, a, there was a dozen of them managed to get in through some sort, some sort of security back door. Uh, <laughs> people put the heart probably put the heart and soul into getting to these games you spend a lot of money and um but again we're just customers aren't we we're not fans so i think it's um it's frustrating to say the least but if anyone is in the world and looking for somewhere to watch that said game yeah you're more than welcome to come and join us <laughs> Little plug. Well, I'm glad you've done that. i was going to say you do that but i'm glad you've done it anyway well played kyle i, I you know from from your this, from my perspective, this stinks of Celtic almost trying to twist our arm to get the broom loan stand, as in their entirety each time they come back and forward to our place. Um, and I, I mean, again, if the board have said no, you're not getting that, and they've dug their heels in and said, well, this is the way that we want to play it moving forward, and we just went well, tough today, we'll. Do what we want to do, and you can. There's not going to be a a middle ground on this. To be perfectly honest with you, now I think we're now looking at the we're looking at the scenario where we're just not going to be going to each other's places moving forward. I think. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. I'm maybe looking at this from a, a possibly a bit hypocritical. To to be honest with you, if you're if you're asking me, do I care if there's Celtic supporters? in Ibrox and an old firm game? The answer is absolutely not. I've been to games, I'm sure we all have, we've been to games where they've had the full broom on, they've had a, you know, a wee bit of the corner and, and they've, they've not been there at all. And to me, it doesn't, well, other than if, if we don't win the game, it doesn't really affect my, my overall um, match experience, to be honest with you. But yeah. I, from the other point of view, I would always like us to have supporters um, at the other side of the city in there um, for guys like, you know, GB and stuff like that. I mean, I know I've probably said this quite on quite a few pods, but um, I've, I think I've applied for every single away season ticket, uh, every away ticket, and, and I've not had one in the best part of two, two and a half years. So maybe that's me just not buying enough women's season tickets and getting to enough B games or whatever. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's just, that's a bit disappointing. But yeah, the whole, it's, it's tit for tat. The two clubs are are never going to agree uh, on it, and and I I am I don't have the solution to this, but I can honestly say, I mean, I know from my point of view, it's unlikely that I will be going to um, Parkhead anytime soon. So I just I don't care if they're in the stadium or not. I, I would I'm, I would my personal preference is I would rather have more bears there. Um, more people supporting our supporting our team, but then again, I can see the total opposite side of the spectrum, and I know that guys that like JB that like going to the away games and and stuff like that, um, that will miss out on a ticket. So yeah, it, it's a tough one. Kyle, the, I think it was Chris Jack from the the Glasgow Evening Times that kind of broke the story on Friday 
early evening. And he referred to a, a quote which was safety and security concerns, um, assumedly for 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 both sort of parties, us going to their place and them coming to us. Um, they don't seem to be that concerned about it for the end of April when Hamden comes calling and we're going 50-50. So there's, there's, there's definite holes to poke at further um, in that argument over, over safety and security concerns, isn't there? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Again, I mean, it's the, the word of the podcast, communication, communication, communication. I mean, I know, I don't exactly think the police are going to come out and, t- and tell us how, no, no. how they think these security concerns, but just, I don't know, just maybe I don't, something a bit, a, a, bit, a bit more less generic, shall we say, than just security concerns. That's it. We're not going to say anything else. But you're right, it's uh, totally hypocritical in terms of how can we go to Hamden and have a virtually 50-50 split? I mean, the, the last two old firm games that I've been at to Hamden, I've not really known any any trouble or, or seen anything. It's, it seems to be policed relatively well. So, it's yeah, yeah. it's just an excuse for, for me. It's uh, You're right, There's there'll be so much going on behind the scenes that, that, that the supporters just, just don't know about. Um, but, yeah... It, it's just it's tit for tat stuff. It all started when, you know, when Dave King was the the chairman, and and you know it, it really really rallied a lot of Rangers supporters at the time when when we massively slashed our allocation. And I know that there are people going, you know, maybe that was a bit of a mistake. We need people on at the grounds, but yes, I don't know what the answer is to it. Interestingly enough, Ryan Stewart jumps on and says both sides need to drop the nonsense and come to a sensible compromise to benefit the fans. And indeed refers to the Euro allocation, JB. I think he is um he's definitely on your team. So maybe someone that rips into the World Rangers Supporters Club over the next couple of weeks. So watch from Brian Stewart. Mm-hmm. Um JB, it's always good to have you on, my friend. Good to see you. Thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, no, it's been good. Um I say I do like coming on after we've won a game, so it's uh, it is always good. So yeah, no, nice to speak to you. Kel, good to see you as well. You're back Wednesday night. Yeah, Wednesday night, I don't, I don't know what we're going to be talking about. There's no game to look forward to. I'm certainly not going to be talking about the bloody international football. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, as always, I, I've been on record saying that I, I freak out a lot about the Wednesday pods if we don't have a midweek game. So, like, what are we going to talk about? And then I'm always like an hour, hour and a half worth of content. So, tune in if you can, guys. Yeah, absolutely. We should say that um, after the, the, the show on Wednesday night, we'll be taking a break for the international break for us to get ourselves together. And we will be back... Um, Two weeks tonight, we should say that tomorrow night, Craig Dennett is doing something really exciting for the group. He's podcasting live from the podcast studio in Glasgow. He'll be joined by Gavin Kelly and Jock McKenzie via Telelink. I think Tommy McIntyre may join Craig in the studio tomorrow at some time or another. We look forward to, to seeing what Craig is, is going through that tomorrow. And he is equally looking forward to it as well, I'm sure. Um, if you are following us on social media, um, thank you for that. If you're not, you can get us on Instagram, at This Is Ibrox, we are on Twitter, at This Ibrox, and we are This Is Ibrox on Facebook. If you're looking into us via YouTube, thanks again for your time tonight. Don't forget to look for the wee bell. Strike that on so you get a little notification every time we go live, which is every Sunday, Monday, and Wednesday. And, of course, you can check out all our post-match reactions as well. Quite apt for me to to continue to promote the Stuart Gibson interview, which Tommy done a couple of weeks ago. Um, wonderful, wonderful two-parter. Um, if you want to jump on and have a look at that, leave your opinion. Um, I'm sure if you look in on each part, you will form an opinion 
one way or another. I do return um, two weeks tonight. Thanks to Kyle and JB for joining us tonight. Have a great week. Thanks for watching. Good night. Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.